0: Welcome to Art in the 48, your Arizona Arts Connection. I'm Craig Baumler. On this episode, we explore the origins of Native American hoop dance and have a conversation with the MC of the World Championship Hoop Dance Contest. The hoop dancer dances within what encircles him, demonstrating how the people live in motion within the circling spirals of time and space. They are no more limited than water and sky, their bodies going in and out of multiple hoops. It's just incredible to see. Those are words of Native American poet, novelist, commentator, and teacher Paula Gunn Allen. She was speaking of the hoop dancing tradition of her own heritage, the Laguna Pueblo people in New Mexico. But that's the Laguna Pueblo hoop dancing tradition. There are many more. In fact, indigenous people throughout North America have long used hoop dancing in their rituals and celebrations. To Native Americans, the hoop has been a symbol of completeness, of wholeness, the never-ending circle of life. Gunn Allen called this concept recurrence and said it plays a role in every native culture. That's certainly why the hoop became an important element of healing ceremonies. In these rituals, tribal holy men and women were thought to be able to see ailments and visions through the circles. Dancing with hoops was a way to restore balance and harmony in the person who was ill, or even in the world around them. Hoop dancing was also a way to celebrate and bless the harvest season. Vanessa Brown, a Navajo Sioux dancer said, when we dance, we experience the rhythms of nature, like our heartbeats like seasons, like gestation periods. These healing ceremonies are sacred, and their rituals are rooted in traditions known only to the members of a specific tribe. In much the same way, the origin stories of hoop dancing are unclear to outsiders, as they vary from tribe to tribe. One story from the Southwest says that cliff-dwellers used the hoops to teach dexterity to their children. The Northern Plains Indians tell of how a dying man was gifted a set of hoops and a dance by the creator so that he could leave something behind. The most widely known origin story comes from the Anishinaabe people of the Great Lakes region who tell of a Manitou, a spirit who was born to human parents. The boy showed little interest in running and playing, hunting and socializing, the things the other boys were doing. He only wanted to watch animals to study their ways and their movements. His father shunned him because of his strangeness, and he became known as Picois, the unwanted. Picois felt that animals had much to teach his people if they could only be understood. He came to believe it was wrong to take an animal's life, so he began to interpret animals for his tribe through dance. Hopping like a rabbit, running like a fox, spinning like an eagle— His dance was much admired by his people and those of neighboring villages. But simply imitating the animal world wasn't enough. Picoise wanted to demonstrate the relationship between the animals and humans, to teach his people important values like loyalty and friendship. Through movements of the hoop, Picoise told stories of the coyote and the butterfly, the eagle and the snake, that circle of life, constantly reminding them that all things are connected. The story of Picois and his hoop dance is only one origin tale. There are others as widespread and varied as the tribes who tell them. One of the tribes is the Jemez Pueblo people of northern New Mexico. And it was a member of that community who gave Native American hoop dancing yet another origin and in the process brought it to international attention. In the 1930s, a Jemez dancer named Tony Whitecloud had created his own evolution of hoop dancing, incorporating multiple hoops. He began with five 24-inch circles of willow wood. Whitecloud used the movements of his body and his hoops to represent teachings, designs, and symbols that were important to his people. He was a guest performer at Native American expositions and celebrations in the West and Southwest throughout the 30s. In 1942, White Cloud appeared in the Western movie, Valley of the Sun. Lucille Ball was the star of this minor Hollywood effort, but it was White Cloud who had the most lasting impact. His cameo role expanded his acclaim beyond Native American audiences and brought awareness of hoop dancing to the world. Today, Tony White Cloud is known as the founder of modern hoop dance. In 1991, hoop dance gained even more visibility. That year, the Indian Village at the New Mexico State Fair was the site of the first world championship hoop dance competition. Its founders, father and son, Ralph and Dennis Zotai, created a contest. With the resounding success of the first championship, the founders looked for a site for the next one. 1992 was the first year the competition was held at the Heard Museum of American Indian Art in Phoenix, where dancers of all ages could compete. Previous years have attracted audiences of 10,000 or more to watch nearly 100 of the top American, Indian, and Canadian First Nations dancers compete for the title of world champion. Hoop dancing today has evolved from the sacred healing ceremonies of its past into an artistic expression that is a celebration of indigenous North American culture. Dancers wear brilliantly colored regalia and ornaments based on their culture's traditions. The intricate footwork and movements, although rooted in tradition, are more individualized. But always, despite every innovation, there is a link to centuries of tradition and generation after generation of practice. Always, as Paula Gunn Allen said of hoop dancing, there is recurrence. Tell us how we are doing or share about a local arts event you enjoy. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Arizona PBS. We may give you a shout out here on Art in the 48, your Arizona Arts Connection. Established in 1929, the Heard Museum is internationally renowned for telling the stories of the American Indian people through its extensive art collections, exhibitions, educational programs, and festivals. The museum collaborates with Native artists and tribal communities to showcase both traditional and contemporary works, inviting visitors to experience the American Indian perspective. We hope we have sparked your interest in hoop dancing. You can experience this beautiful display of artistry and watch the top dancers in North America compete at the World Championship Hoop Dance Contest, which the Heard Museum hosts. We were fortunate to have a conversation with Dennis J. Bowen Sr. of the Seneca Nation, who is the longtime MC of the event.
1: My involvement with hoop dance began with an invitation from a very good friend named Ralph Zotai. He asked if I would be a judge. I said yes. That was in 1991. The next year, 1992, the Heard Museum and the hoop dance committee that Ralph was with asked me if I would be the MC. The arena director is the boss. The MC will add the fill-in information to make it interesting, and all the while, keeping your eyes on the arena director. So it's a teamwork that has to fit together to make a real smooth contest presentation. When you come to the Herd, to the World Hoop Dance Championship, they'll come up to the MC stand and they'll say, how do you decide who's a winner? And so here's the criteria. You've got five categories. One is precision. The second category is timing and rhythm. The third category, 30-some years ago, that category was called showmanship. But with a lot of respect to gender equity, and we have some champion women hoop dancers we call it show personship. <laughs> this is a dancer that adds great energy, like they add the showbiz part to their hoop dancing. The fourth category is creativeness and originality. These dancers, some of them will create brand new moves and hoop designs. The fifth category is the speed. You can gain points by being creative with the speed of your performance. There's a whole world of traditional teachings that's called the medicine way, the medicine wheel teachings. And so medicine wheel teachings are used almost universally beginning with a prayer. And after the prayer, we call in the dancers We're told that these dancers, when they dress from their moccasins to how they prepare the feathers in their hair, from head to toe, it all has meaning. It has representation of something that's spiritual. And so a lot of the spiritual attributes are in the dance regalia. And so they dance to songs that are blessed as well. And so these hoop dancers, um, when they dance, they restore balance and harmony in our thought, in our feelings, in our emotions. One of the hoop dancers that was there in 1991, he was a great hoop dancer, world-caliber hoop dancer. He was in Vietnam. He was a combat veteran. and his last battle, he was wounded, and he came home paralyzed. He was hit in the back on his spine. And the doctors told him, you're not going to walk again. And he says, but I'm a dancer. I want to go home and I want to dance. They said, you'll never dance. And so he came home and he went to the powwows and he had ceremonies. And it was the dancing that he prayed for. He went through the healing of these songs. And he danced in the world championship. The eagle feather, yes, they have a lot of meaning. And so you pick it up off the ground in a special way. It can represent many things. It represents prayer. It also represents a time of healing when a lot of these ceremonies are done with the fire. We're around that fire and we offer to that fire to take our prayers up there. And the eagle feather represents prayers in that way. The eagle feather is also used to honor people Like when a veteran comes back from military service, they'll be given an eagle feather. Eagle feathers are are given if you showed courage, if you kept your word. If someone who's a firefighter, a police officer, an EMT, a regular community member, if they showed courage to save someone's life or to help someone when they needed help, we will honor them for their courage and for their compassion. So when you see that Eagle Feather pickup, they have songs that go with it. And so that's some of the protocol that we keep doing. And it's good for children, the young people to see that. There's a reason and there's a proper way. It's not just to be entertained and have fun at a world hoop dance championship or a powwow. Sometimes we stop and we have something serious that needs to be respected.
0: Thanks to Dennis J. Bowen Sr. for taking time to speak with us. Special thanks to the Seneca Nation Media and Communications Center for recording this interview. Also, thanks to our friends at the Heard Museum, Todd Vigil and Dan Haggerty, for connecting us with Dennis. If you are interested in learning more about the World Championship Hoop Dance Contest, visit Heard.org. The Art in the 48 podcast is a production of Arizona PBS. I'm Craig Baumann. Please join us next time for Art in the 48, your Arizona Arts Connection.